What does every sin deserve? This is a short and in many ways, uh, simple question and answer. But again, it's good to review because our hearts grow uh, cold and often uh, try to dull bad news. So, what does every sin deserve? The answer is, every sin deserves God's wrath and curse, both in this life and that which is to come. Ephesians 5, 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, he's just listed a number of sins, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. May we never fool ourselves to think that our sins don't matter to God. Question one, which of our sins make God angry? Of course, the short answer is each and every one of them. Remember, we learned uh, last week that all of our sins are hateful to God. They're heinous in his sight. He does not have a warped view of sin. He has a perfectly accurate view of what is right and wrong. He possesses perfectly balanced scales of justice. And so when he looks on sin, he must hate it as, as evil. It, it is evil, and he understands that. And so God becomes, at least in human language, righteously and properly angry. Verses that demonstrate this from the scripture are things like Deuteronomy 9.18, where Israel is condemned, quote, because of all the sin you have committed doing what was evil in God's sight, and so provoking him to anger, unquote. Even God's people's sins anger him, because those sins are evil. Habakkuk 1.13, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. That doesn't mean he is incapable of observing it in some sense. It means that he is so pure he can't look upon sin with approval. God does not ever tolerate what is wrong. He doesn't approve and he can't leave it alone and just let it be. He can't just let it go. He never says, whatever. We often look at sin and we see pleasure or we see gain. But God sees the evil in sin. Matthew Henry, the famous commentator, said, He sees all the sin that's committed in the world, and it is an offense to him. It is odious, that is, um, disgusting in his eyes. And those that commit it are thereby made obnoxious to his justice. There is in the nature of God an antipathy, a hatred, to these dispositions and practices that are contrary to his holy law. Psalm 5.4, you are not a God who takes pleasure in evil. And of course, if we would believe this and imitate our Heavenly Father, we would sin less, we would hate sin, and we would appreciate the work of Christ for ourselves more. Any questions about this first question, which of our sins makes God angry? 
each and every one of them. All right, question two. What does Roman Catholicism mean by the phrase venial sins? Venial sins, V-E-N-I-A-L. Well, a venial sin in Roman Catholic theology is a sin which is small enough to not deserve punishment in hell. A sin so slight, so mild, uh, that, that God doesn't punish it. These are the opposite in that theology, not in Scripture, but venial sins are the opposite of mortal or deadly sins, that is, sins that deserve punishment. If you have an Oxford Dictionary and you look up venial sins, it is said a venial sin is pardonable. It's not heinous. It's grave. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not grave. It's light. It's a light sin. Now, I, I am personally, from my experience, uh, genuinely thankful for so much of the common grace that is often found in Roman Catholic families. But this error that some sins just don't deserve punishment, they don't bring on guilt, God doesn't really care about them, is a very common one in them. It's deeply entrenched in Roman Catholic thinking. And the fact is, little sins don't bother them because little sins don't bother God. At least that's what they think. They aren't scared by their sins. They are lulled to sleep. And yes, we would say, unless they repent, they are lulled to hell. But, you know, I'm, I'm not here to pick on Roman Catholics. That's just a, a common or well-known error of theirs. But as Protestants, we too tend to prioritize sins so that often we have this practical category, sins that God doesn't really care about, and then the really, really bad sins. We sometimes sing a hymn, Ye who think of sin but lightly, uh, nor think that the offense is great, need to, we need to look at the cross. All of our sins nailed him there, and they're all, and therefore they are all great. So question three is, are there any sins like this? Are there any venial sins? Are there any sins that are so light that they don't deserve punishment? And the short answer is, of course, no. Em emphatically, no. Every sin, even the least, deserves God's wrath and curse. This is what Protestants, the Reformed, have taught because it's what Scripture says. Even a single sin, each and every sin, makes you guilty before God. Think of James 2.10. For whoever keeps the whole law and stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it, James says, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Theoretically, this is his example, you could keep all of the commandments but break a small one and yet you're still guilty of breaking the entire law. The law of God is like a giant plate glass window. If you throw a stone through it, it doesn't, at least ordinarily, just make a 
a hole in one place, the entire glass shatters. Well, that's the way the law of God is when we sin. The whole law is broken. Second Thessalonians 1, 8 and 9. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. That's what happens to people who sin, to evildoers, to people who break the law of God. Galatians 3.10, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything that is written in the book of the law. You have to do it all, and you have to keep doing it all. Wow. And of course, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Not certain kinds of sins, which are mortal sins, get death, and other kinds of sins called venial sins, uh, they might get a slap or they just get ignored or they get overlooked. No, the wages of sin is death, period. In God's eyes, no sins are venial. One of the ways we know this is because, especially in the Old Testament, there are numerous chapters spent on explaining that sacrifices have to be made for sins we didn't even know we committed, for mistakes, for moral errors, for what is often called an unintentional sin. You see, unintentional sins, even when we don't purpose them, they still accrue guilt. They still have to have a sacrifice. In other words, they still deserve death. A number of chapters in Leviticus, Psalm 19.12, and, and other texts uh, show that. In fact, um, it's not obvious at all that purposed sins actually had a sacrifice in the Old Testament. It's one of the great things about the sacrifice of Christ, one of the ways that it's superior. Questions about any of this? Thoughts? All right, let's keep going. A question four. Oh, uh, did, I, did I go too fast? Did someone like to ask a question? Uh, yeah, Pastor, I did have a question. Great. Um, so I'm thinking about certain verses in the Bible that speak about that a certain sin is like an abomination to the Lord or uh, isn't there a verse in the Bible that talks about that those who teach, you know, have a bigger responsibility, they're going to get punished maybe more. Yes. So I know you're talking about that every sin is, you know, makes God angry, but will there be like degrees of punishment in hell for certain sins or is it just all equal punishment. I think you might have answered that, but I just want to make sure. Yeah, um, I, I think it was last week that the catechism question basically answered that. And that is that not all sins are alike in their, in their wickedness or in their punishment. The point of this question is simply that every sin deserves death, deserves wrath, deserves curse, deserves punishment. However, it is quite clear from the words of Christ and a number of other examples given in the Bible that uh, some sins are more heinous, are more wicked than other sins. And we gave a number of uh, reasons that aggravate a sin, that make it uh, more evil, more heinous than another sin. So, yes. Um, there are degrees of punishment in hell 
for sin. Um, uh, Hitler will presumably be punished much more than other people. Um, he had a direct hand in millions of image bearers uh, losing their lives. Um, surely there are the vast majority of human beings who've ever lived haven't sinned to that level of depravity or guilt. Just as an, an example that I think even most of the unsaved world would recognize as, 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 as a just judgment. It's one of the reasons we believe that there are, besides the explicit teaching, why there are uh, degrees of blessedness in heaven. Um, everyone will be happy. Everyone will be perfect. And yet, in some way, some will be rewarded more. And, and those, uh, Jonathan Edwards says, and, and those who see that others have more because they're, they're perfect, they, they will simply rejoice more for others. Um, heaven is a world of love and it, it will be perfected. Um, presumably we'll, we'll even grow in that because unlike God, we're finite in it and we can continue to experience the love of God. Um, so I, I, I think you're thinking rightly about it and I think the catechism has got, got those two questions answered correctly. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Does that, that help? My, yeah, that is my question, thank you. Great. Yeah, it's... It, it's really important for parents to understand that all sins bring guilt, but that not all sins have the same severity. You know, we, we should not punish a, uh, an almost accidental uh, crossing of one of our rules as we should punish um, the purposeful slapping of a mother by a child or the deliberate continued lying by a child. Um, those second two things are are really rather grotesque in their evil. Um, yeah. So last week we talked about how sins are different. Here, question four is, how are all of our sins alike? Well, they're all destructive. <laughs> They're all destructive of our peace with God and good to men. They, they destroy that. Sins always destroy that. Our sins are alike in what they deserve. I don't mean they all deserve the same amount of wrath. I mean they all deserve wrath. They're alike in this. They're, they all bring judgment. Our sins are not alike in their hatefulness to God or the degree to which they are punished, but they are all exactly alike in that they merit God's wrath and curse. In other words, they deserve death. Every sin deserves death. Again, Romans 6.23. So let's talk in question five about what does wrath and curse mean. You know, those are not, well, at least the first word is not, not a word we use a lot in everyday language, uh, wrath. Wrath is God's righteous rage. It's his righteous rage. It's his hatred for sin displayed in fury, in punishment. It's God's anger against evil. And curse 
is God consigning someone either temporarily or permanently to evil or to receive justice? In other words, God's curse is God's damnation of them. And the content of that curse, when God says, I damn you, the content of that curse is death. Right? So that's, that's what wrath and curse means. It means God's righteous rage and his sentence of death on sinners. Now, if that doesn't fit in with your picture of God, your God doesn't match up well with the God of the Bible. Whether, whether we like it or not, and we should, because we believe in justice. Justice is important to Christians. That's who the God of the Bible portrays himself as. This is why we can hope for justice in the next life. This is why we can hope for all things to be made right. That whatever it will take, the omnipotent, justly wrathful God will fix it. Right? Now you say, wow, you're, isn't that kind of exaggerated language, Pastor? I mean, you, you think we're here in the 1650s with the Puritans? I mean, come on. Uh, this is the 2000s. Get with it. Uh, this isn't Puritan language or Protestant language. This is Bible language. This is the language of the Holy Scriptures. John 3.36, whoever rejects the Son will not see life. Why? Because God's wrath remains on him. Romans 2.8, those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. And that's not, that's not a weakness in God. That's not a sin in God. That's a perfectly balanced justice. That's a love for holiness that will make everything right. It's why in the new heavens and new earth, it will be a genuinely perfect and beautiful place to live because God will be the God of justice. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. How did he do that? By becoming a curse for us. Christ died. He didn't get a slap on the wrist. He didn't get a verbal rebuke. He was killed. In his humanity, he died. That's wrath and curse. Matthew 25, 41. The king replies to all those who don't love him, saying this, Depart from me, you who are cursed into eternal fire. That's the destruction that every sin deserves and every sin receives. Not one sin in the history of the world goes unpunished. It is either punished in Christ or it will be punished in the doer for all eternity in hell. Not a single sin is ever gotten away with. My parents were very loving and very strict, and I am so 
very grateful for them because I was not a good little boy and I needed <laughs> the law of God and the belt on my butt and I needed all of that and my folks were very consistent with it it wasn't too hard and while mercy was shown if we deserved it we got the punishment in fact, it happened so consistently, I can to this day remember a time when my brother and I got into trouble after the evening church service, and my dad, who had to stay for a church meeting because he was the pastor at the time, said, um, we'll talk when we get home. Well, we went home with my mother and very quickly went to bed to try to avoid the punishment, and we avoided it. It's the only time I can ever remember. That will never happen with God. Never. And that's not because he's unloving, it's because he's loving. It's not because he's unjust, it's because he's just. It's not because he isn't really good and he's a meanie or a baddie. It's because he's perfectly good. All right? That's wrath and curse. Why do our sins deserve this from God? Question six. Uh... Because our sins are evil? <laughs> because our sins are evil. They're against God's char character and so against his law. Um, Fisher said this, It's the nature of sin to deserve of itself all the wrath and curse of God because it is opposed to the holiness of God expressed in his law. Uh, this is what constitutes sin's a brazen evil. One of the Puritans uh, wrote a book on sin, and it's called The Evil of Evils. Yeah, because at its core, that's what sin is. Um, law reflects, uh, moral law, the law of God that's given to us, reflects God's holy character. Romans 7.12, the law is holy and the commandment is holy, just, and good. So sins by their nature break God's law, that's the fundamental definition of it, and all such acts are lawlessness, 1 John 3.4. So if you want to teach your children what sin is, very simple, sin is breaking God's law. Sin is lawlessness. It may be many other things, and it is. It has many other evil effects, and griefs that it brings into the world. It's a misery-carrying thing. It's very popular today to talk about not that people are sinners, but that people are broken. Yes, we're all broken, that's true. But we're not ultimately broken. We're ultimately sinners, and therefore we are broken. Why isn't life good? Why? Why are there struggles and arguments and troubles and... Uh, not because of brokenness. Because of sin, which leads to brokenness. Right. Um, question seven. When do God's wrath and curse come upon unrepentant men? The biblical answer is in this life and the next. There are many miseries in this life, especially for the wicked. And that's the beginning of punishment from God. In one sense, those are gracious warnings. 
hey, if you don't want eternity to be like this, turn to God. Repent of your sin and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The kindness of God in that sense should lead us to repentance, but often it doesn't. All the miseries of this life, death itself, and the pains of hell forever, that's God's wrath and curse on men. Every temporal or spiritual judgment in this life is included, and of course, the hell to come for those who refuse to love God. So that's when they come. They come on men in this life, not in their fullness, but partially, um, but fully in the life to come. When God's wrath and curse come upon a man in the next life, in hell, it is all that he experiences. In this life, even the person who is suffering under the greatest amount of the wrath of God, it's still mixed with many kindnesses from God. But in the next life, the person will only be dying. They will not really be living. It will be more like they will be existing as they continue to eternally die. They will be away from every beneficial nearness to God. And the only thing they will know from the hand of God is justice. God will treat them fairly forever. And they will respond with more sin. And so God will continue to treat them justly forever and ever and ever. Well, can these sufferings satisfy God for sins? No. <laughs> no, men's sufferings can't. Only Christ's blood can atone for our sins. You know these verses, Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. Well, whose blood? Animal blood? No. Our own blood? No, it's an infinite price we pay. How, how can a finite man pay an infinite price? 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, For you know it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Christ's blood is precious because it can make an infinite payment. It can actually pay the ransom for God's wrath and curse against our sin. Uh, amazing grace, how can it be that you, O oh God, would die for me? Well, that's the end of the lesson. Uh, not a happy lesson, but an important lesson and one that if we believe it, it should lead us to life. Uh, because this is, this is not set before us to give up. This is set before us so that we'll, we will say, is there any way to escape? <laughs> yes, in Jesus, in Jesus Christ.
Questions? Improvements? Anyone? I got a question. Yes. I had it, but then I said, forget it, but then I said, let me go ahead and ask you. Um, 